Oh damn, we're in trouble now. Well, I kind of had a cool and exciting thing happen to me this week. Yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, that's where you're all like, yeah, what? Um, I actually had a casting director reach out to me for a reality TV show. And he was all like, um, I think you're, you know, I follow you on social media. And I think you'd be really great for this reality show TV. You know, and I'm like, great, awesome. And he's like, can I give you a call? I'm like, absolutely. And then... Um, he, he called me and we talked. He was a very nice gentleman, but I unfortunately had to um, decline the offer to be on that reality show. Sure. What was the show about? The show's premise was, and I'm not going to say the name of the show, but um, the show's premise was that you're a really bad cook mm-hmm. and then um, celebrity chefs would teach you how to cook and then you compete for um, whoever is the best cook at the end of the, the the series um, is they win $25,000. Sure. Mm. And you don't want to yeah. do it because you already know how to cook and you're a vegetarian. Well, yeah, because what it is is I'm because I actually watched an episode and when they say like really bad cooks, I mean, they're really bad cooks. Yeah. Like um, somebody was trying to make chocolate out of vanilla est- extract which you can't make chocolate out of vanilla e- extract. Somebody wanted to thicken their chili, so they put peanut butter in it. And, you know, I am a, I am a, I think I'm a good cook. I just don't have a whole lot. I didn't have a whole lot of time to cook, but I know cooking fundamentals way more than that. And, well, that was weird. What was that? Your water, water bottle moved for some it? reason. Cool. Yeah. And um, I just felt like I would be representing. paranormal stuff over here. I've yeah. been playing a lot of phasmophobia. <laughs> Great. So no, I just felt like I would have been um, compromised. I, I, I felt like I would have been lying going there and claiming to be a bad cook when I really wasn't. Well, that's kind of like the the curse of reality TV, right? Like people, I think, sell their soul to like get on television and they're like, sure, I could not cook or like, sure, I could, you know, do this or that. Like, I think people are really excited about being on TV that they'll yeah. kind of take the first opportunity they can. And the fact that you didn't is, is good. Yeah. Well, I told him, I said, you know what, you know, keep me in mind. It's not that I'm opposed to be on being on TV. I just want to be, if I'm going to be on TV, I want to be able to represent myself Mm -hmm. for who I really am. And, um, I actually, um, told both Instagram and TikTok about it. And both of them, before I even told the premise of the, um, the show or the outcome of me not doing it, they were instantly like, no, they're like, no, TV, you know, reality TV scripted and we don't mm-hmm. want you to be scripted. And I, I was really kind of like, um, I was kind of like a little amazed that how adverse they were to me, like being on a scripted reality show. So what kind of TV show would you want to be on if you had your choice? You know, I don't think I would want to be on. I mean, I was talking to him about it and I know I can't do a, a dating one. That's not going to happen. No, no. What if it was like a, a bachelorette kind of thing? No, I'm, I, I'm, you know what the whole thing is, is? I'm not, I'm a little bit too competitive. Well, if you're, if, but if you're, <laughs> if, okay, so up. if it was a bachelorette kind of thing. Oh, where I would and have. And you were the only female and there were like, excuse me, like 12 competitors competing for your love. What about that? Okay. In premise, that sounds really cool. In reality, I was um, just at the post office last week and um, I was standing in line mm-hmm. and a very nice looking man was standing behind me. And he gave me one of these looks. Mm. And I was like, mm? 
Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm like, oh, wow, somebody's paying attention to me and he's really handsome. So I kind of got a little nervous and then I was in front of him. So I went over there and I, I um, handed off my Poshmark stuff and I was walking out and he kind of gave me like a little head nod. And then I got really super flustered and uh, my hand slipped off the door and I opened the door with my face. So I don't know how that would transition to TV. I mean, I think that would make great TV. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like every every episode, I would come back with like a new black eye or, yeah. you know, like more bruises on my face. I'd watch it. Yeah. So I, I told him, you know what? It has to be in my wheelhouse. It just has to be like an older outspoken lady who is just super comfortable with herself. And if you can find something that fits my genre, then you know what I'm in, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know what's funny? Mm-hmm. What? I keep thinking about this. So you guys know how I told you how I had sleep paralysis and you guys yeah. kept telling me that it was... Uh, sleep apnea? Yes. I have been thinking about this a lot lately and I'm probably 100% sure that it is sleep apnea. Oh, you mean exactly <laughs> like the thing we've been telling you? Uh, yes. It's so par for the course. Well, because like I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, sitting there. I was. You snore really loud. You so do you though i don't snore yeah you do you snore like like a bear last night no i didn't i yes sometimes i will be like pa what is that pa there's a bear out in the woods pa you're over (laughs) i think you're overestimating well i have little sleepy things to put over my nose breathe right strips yes but i was thinking about it i was like i could have just been like you know half awake Mm -hmm. or only like awake enough but i was suffocating um, That's what sleep apnea yes. is. Well, 100% think now it was sleep apnea. Oh. Well, I'm really glad that you came to that conclusion. I mean, R- Robert and I really are very sorry that we didn't tell you that sooner. No, I've been telling a- you for fucking years. I thought it was a demon. Oh, my God. <laughs> you did for many, many. Would Brandon tell you what he's doing now, now that he's playing Phasmophobia on, on his No, but games? what is that? So it's like a spooky, like... Um, ghost game where you like you have to go over you have to figure out what kind of ghost you're dealing with and then uh, pretty much leave but i don't like to leave and i like to mess with it um, oh, but I've been so you're you're taunting the ghost yes and i have been staying up later because now my mind won't <laughs> go asleep yep. um like last night i kept thinking of valak from the conjuring never that, seen it okay oh, yeah. yeah no you would not like that movie because like on the con it's in it's in the conjurings and it's also in the nun but mm-hmm. Valak is like, like a either. crazy demon. Yeah. And um, my mind was going like insane. I was like, oh, I hope Valak doesn't come. And then the back of my mind is like, Valak, where are you? I'm like, oh. <laughs> really? Well, Dude. how about if you take some sage and then like after you are done playing, just light a little sage and then that will like get all the negative energy out of your apartment. I could. But what's the fun in that? <laughs> Typical Brandon. It's like, here's the easiest solution. Brandon's yeah. like. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Three episodes from now, Brandon's going to be like, you know what, you guys? Yeah. I went to the farmer's market and I bought some sage. Yeah. And you know what? It's really cool. And it really works. Yeah. Somebody recommended soggy for me. <laughs> you just light it on fire and you walk around and it smells like dirty hippie weed. Well, now well, I'm literally thinking about going home and saging my apartment. We, we have, have sage. I, I think I have some too. Yeah. Yeah, you really should. I mean, truthfully, because the other day, what was going? Oh, the other day, Robert and I is like just one thing after another after another was um, just it was like everything was going wrong. You know, my I would I recorded an entire YouTube without turning on my microphone. Um, Your camera stopped working. That was the where your autofocus wasn't working, and you were using the hanger. Sure. 
Um, and it just seemed like thing after thing. So I'm just like, yeah, no, this ain't cool. Um, we just need to sage the house. And after that, it's like, it just is such a, a, a cool smell that it just gives you kind of like that feeling. So just I've, open I've, up your windows and um, your door and just sage and you're all... My you're, front door? Just open up your back door. Just your back door. Okay, just yeah. I was it like, has to go out. Don't because we don't want Pammy to get out. Exactly. I was like, I got, I got a tiny little. So you say it, and the cats all like, see ya. I know. Yeah. She's like, nah, fuck you. Have you met your new neighbors yet? Not yet. It's a, it's an older couple. And like, when I say older, I'm in like 40s, 45. Yeah, now they 50. live next to you, right, right? across from. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't met them yet. They, they're quiet, so they, there you go. They're 100 percent okay in my book. Cool. I have no problems with them. Now, I know that they're building those apartments down below you. Can yeah. you see any? Can you see? I mean, when you look out, do you look out at the construction site? Mm. I was just wondering, because you have such a beautiful view. I was wondering if it was going to obstruct your view. No, I think it's more of, because like I look out and then there's a hill and then it's just below the hill, mm. but they okay. are tearing up the entire like hill. Like, it's almost a little sad to see. Yeah, it was really controversial, actually, because people were really upset that they're just going to make more traffic in the busiest yeah, intersection section of town. Yeah. in town. It's just, it's not going to be good. I mean, that and, like, there was, there was a pack of coyotes that live back there, and I always, like, hear them and shit, but mm -hmm. I haven't been hearing them lately. They're probably relocated. Yeah, they relocated. Most likely. So I'm just like, well, that's kind of dumb. Like, you know, you just kind of killed out their habitat. Or yeah, but, I mean, coyotes don't make money. Yeah. This housing housing project does. Well, it's a uh, um, like it's like a, I think it's like a. Well, there's lo there's there's a substitute. There's a certain amount of apartment buildings that are going to be for subsidized subsist for subsidized income. Yeah. So because every city, if they're they have to have a certain amount of in or housing set aside for um, low income housing. And that's what it is. And that's there. I mean, it's it's going to be a mixture of both. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, any time that that the city is going to approve something like that, it's to benefit, you know, there's the city. They're not going to be like, oh, there's this really cute coyote yeah, that yeah, lives there. Yeah. There's five complexes around mm -hmm. that new. Well, it's going to with that complex, it's going to be five. But five of the oldest complexes in Temecula. Four. Well, four. Yeah. Four of them. With a new one that's coming up. Actually, and then there's a one across the streets so that's six. OK. There's yeah. six. Apartments. Six. <laughs> you guys are the oldest people I've ever met in my life. Why? <laughs> There's six apartment complexes, all dating 1984, with the all originality <laughs> of original floor plans that all can be located within three miles of each other. Well, that's just on there. And if you go up oh the street God. a little that's bit, not what I meant. even more. That's not what I meant. <laughs> There's two over there. I know There's what I'm saying. I'm saying, but I'm, what I'm saying is, somebody who's listening to this is like, okay. Well, oh, I can tell you, yeah. I can tell you the weather this afternoon in Lake Tahoe because I watch the weather so much. I'm an oh, old person. Oh, now it's yeah, it's now see, it's, yeah, now it's ringing in my head. Maybe see? like it transitions over to like maybe good content. People are like, okay, <laughs> I'm just like. Oh, who wants to talk Cause, about Because yeah, I mean, you guys geek out on this stuff really hard. But the cool thing is about your apartment, it is one of the older apartment buildings, but um, it's also larger than most apartment buildings. Like the new ones are much smaller. Robert, has anything exciting happened to you this week? Yeah. Regarding housing situation? Or just, or apartment just in general? Life? Yeah. Nope. Oh. Yeah, pretty standard, actually. Your game's coming back, though. It is for a weekend. Now, is it like out for good? No, it's for a weekend. Uh, oh, it's only out for the weekend? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. 
Why'd they do that? It's a test session. So they're going to, it's very similar to like how they would for an open beta. They're just collecting data and sample sizes. Oh, so does that mean, now, I'm sorry, I don't mean to geek out on you. Sure. But does that mean, so for this weekend, you need to play it as much as possible to get as much content as possible? That just means, yeah, that means I will only be able to play it for a 38 hour window. Okay. So are you drinking coffee now? And when does it start? It starts 2 p.m. Korean Standard Time. Which would be nine o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Tonight. Tonight. So oh. you play Are you gonna for play tonight? Hours? No, I'm gonna go to bed literally right after this at six thirty. <laughs> okay, talk. Okay, so Robert, you tell me and Brandon that we're old. You eat dinner at three thirty in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and you are in bed by six forty-five. Oh, the weekend. Oh, during the day. <laughs> during the during the weekday, I go to bed at like eleven thirty midnight, and so I catch back up on my sleep cycle. Yeah, yeah, no, no. What time do you wake up on Saturday? I'll probably wake up tomorrow. I'll probably wake up around 4 or 5. That's so confusing. How so? I don't know. How many hours a night do you sleep? Probably about four. What? Yeah, what? I sleep about four hours a night, yeah. Oh, because you wait, you go to... Because oh, I go to bed at midnight and I wake up around 4 or 5. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I've, one thing I've noticed, you haven't been napping. It's, it's true. I have not been napping. I hope it's not because, you know, you don't feel comfortable to nap. You mean like I don't feel comfortable sleeping while you're awake? <laughs> yes, that's kind of what I was saying. Mm-hmm. No, I feel very comfortable napping. I just don't have the opportunity to nap. Because I was going to say, I can warm you up a little milk and put some cookies out for you. There's nothing more revolting than warm milk. I know. Milk. I don't know who would want. I mean, I like hot chocolate, but not warm milk. You know what's funny? I went yesterday to get, so I've been on a real big like cookie um, bender. Okay. Like I love cookies. Yeah. So you guys want to know how to make the best cookies in the world? Oh, you made no. cookies? Uh, pre-made cookies. So you know how to make the best pre-made cookies in the world? How? You mean the cookies that are already made and you have to warm up? <laughs> yes. Okay. You want to know how to make the best pre-made cookies in the world? How? So it says time of 11 to 14 minutes. Yeah. Do it for 11 minutes and they become amazing. Oh, because they're all gooey. Mm-hmm. Now, did you get the chocolate chip ones? I got the chocolate chips and the sugar cookies. Oh, did you mush them together? Nope, no. Nope. Oh. Uh, they're two different two different days. How many cookies have you had? Uh, in the last week, almost twenty four. Oh, well, you were definitely okay. your mother's son. <laughs> yes. Okay. I like how judgy you are. I'm sorry. You eat all the chocolate covered pretzels. And, were, I and, eat three a night. And the the peanut clusters. I have three a night. That sounds like a lie. I look inside. I don't want to. Yeah, no. I go I, home, I come home from the gym, I eat my dinner, I want something sweet, so I'll have a chocolate. I'll eat three, and then I'll go to bed. There's been plenty of times that I put a new a little thing of cookies in there, and I'll come back, and there'll be like half a cookie left. No. Yes. No. Yes. There, look at, open up the drawer of the cupboard right now. There's going to be all those cookies you bought way back when. I haven't touched one. No, but the first night you ate like three. What, the first night? That first night I brought home those peanut butter and chocolate Yeah, I had, I had two. Yes. Okay. I'm just saying, we all have our own little cookie guilt. Yeah. I have... <laughs> 12 like, I mean one's more severe than the other but I mean, sure I have about 6 a night you have about 6 a night well okay so we have been reading our book um, Atomic Habits by James Clear and we are on chapter 2 yep. and this week um, I thought Bra- Brandon was going to do this no he is oh, okay. I was just introducing Brandon oh okay so ladies and gentlemen um, Brandon will be leading this chapter chapter 2 called How your habits shape your identity and vice versa. Hi, I'm Brandon. Okay, we're not. You literally can't even go through the title. Stop. <laughs> Hi. 
Oh, can I just say before that we started though, I did, I do have from a a very reliable source that, um, one of our listeners, Hannah, um, listened to our podcast and she's been applying this, um, like Mm -hmm. our, our reading and things like that to her day to day. Really? Which is really cool. So you pretty much just said that so that I can take it seriously. Well, that and I'm complimenting (laughs) Hannah for, you know, listening to the podcast and applying what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Because obviously it'd be easier if she just like listened and was like, oh, okay, cool, sick. But the fact that like she actively like took the time to listen to this podcast and then apply it to her day to day life, I think is huge. Yeah. It should be a testament of like what we're doing is cool. That's what I'm saying. No. And like, what do you mean? That's what you're saying. That's That's exactly what I was saying. That's exactly what I was saying. And I didn't mean it in like any bad way. Cause like Hannah's uh, like, like, that's like a role model type thing, dude. I mean, cause it's, it's not only like she gets to listen, she gets to apply it. So Mm -hmm. then that's also wanting to make me apply it even more. Oh, okay. You know, it's, it's more like, like makes you, you, makes you want to not go. Hi. Well, I was just saying that as an intro for my name, I wasn't going to do that for the entire book. Uh Uh-huh. I wasn't. I was. Just, I didn't say you were. You gave me those eyes of you're gonna do it. Well, because I know you enough to know that if I don't say anything, you'll keep going. You, you see, but here's the thing: know. is it's like as the mom on the outside looking in. Brandon does that sometimes because he's a little nervous about doing that, and this is the first time he's no. leading Are the you chapter. Nervous? I'm not nervous. I just wanted to do something funny and try to take off the edge, which you what guys. What edge? <laughs> There's an edge. What? No, there has not. I don't know, dude. Okay. So the thing is, is like, uh, Hannah, I am so glad that you're listening. I'm I'm glad, truthfully, that everybody's listening and following along. I just wanted to say, every time that somebody reaches out to me on Instagram and says that they listen to our podcast and it has helped them find self-confidence and um, just kind of go forward with a whole lot of things, it is so humbling. And it just makes me so proud of what we're doing that I just want to tell everybody, thank you for listening. And, um, I just, I think it's amazing. So really quick, before we go into chapter two, Robert, do you think that you applied anything that we learned in chapter one to your, absolutely. um, Absolutely. I did. Can you, do you want to give us a little example? Well, I, I mean, I definitely applying what I learned in chapter two to my day to day. Um, but it's all about rewiring how you perceive your goals. Right. Mm -hmm. So instead of being like, Oh, well like for, okay. So for example, right. Um, I've been going to the gym a lot and I'm like, Oh dang, I should probably start, you know, like my diet is the part that I, that I suck at the most. And so instead of being like, Oh, well my goal is to like, you know, eat better or like to lose, you know, you know, 10 pounds or whatever before. Um, you okay? I just accidentally flicked the chair with my pinky. Yeah, I heard it. Um, so like my goal would be like, Oh, let's lose this amount of weight instead of being like, Oh, well this is my end game goal. I'm going to like, I'm going to restructure everything. So I've been doing a lot more cardio in the morning and then at night. And then I've been, uh, today, today I've been doing a lot of research on, um, low carbohydrates, high protein, um, meals and just kind of just the overall like restructuring my diet. And so I'm, I'm checking all these systems in order to, to make that goal. Yeah. Because I feel like myself, um, I actually, cause I've only been, um, this is my first full week in social media but I feel that I've already started adjusting my uh, my systems a little bit more. And even though we had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday last week, I felt personally that I've made a, some adjustments on what I do and when I do it, um, that my, tam- my time management has been a whole lot better this yeah. week. Brandon's done it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, because I mean, I'll, I'll wake up, I'll do what I need to do in the morning. Uh, like I'll do my Instagram post, which going back to the first chapter I mean it was just changing the system mm-hmm. and so like I did my first or I did Instagram post I think 
I almost said over the weekend, but today's Friday. Today's Friday. Yeah. So during the week, and then I just put out an Insta or a TikTok today. So I'm just trying to like spread my little feelers around to get people over. And then like, I'm also kind of learning more about the game I'm playing when I mm-hmm. stream so that I'm able to give advice and then also be uh, more like entertaining and like engaging too. more engaging. Yeah. Cause I mean, if somebody has a question, then I'll just be like, yeah, no, it's, it's this, 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 and this. Yeah. So it's just easier to do that instead of just sitting there like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I can, yeah, like I can tell you an answer, but I don't know if it's right. Yeah. Uh, so with the second chapter, what I want to do is I want to read the first page because again, I feel like it kind of, um, opens up a little bit about the chapter. Okay. So the chapter is how your habits shape your identity and vice versa. So the beginning um, couple of paragraphs are, why is it so easy to repeat bad habits and so hard to form good ones? Few things can have more or have a more powerful impact on your life than improving your daily habits. And yet it is likely that this time next year, you'll be doing the same thing rather than something better. It often feels difficult to keep good habits going for more than a few days, even with the sincere effort and occasional burst of motivation. Habits like exercise, meditation, journaling, and cooking are reasonable for a day or two and then become a hassle. However, once your habits are established, they seem to stick around forever, especially the unwanted ones. Despite our best intentions, unhealthy habits like eating junk food, watching too much television, procrastinating, and smoking can feel impossible to break. And then I highlighted this little part. Mm -hmm. Changing our habit is challenging for two reasons. One, we try to change the wrong thing. And two, we try to change our habits in the wrong way. Uh, In this chapter, I'll address the first point. In the chapters that follow, I'll answer the second. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty. See, because I was going to say, when I read that first page, I'm like, what in the heck is he talking about? Because I really had... I really, at the beginning of the chapter, I had no idea where this was going to go. Mm-hmm. By the end of the chapter, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I totally get that. Yeah. So, because I mean, you got to think about it. Like, you try to change a, um, a habit, but you don't know if it's the right or wrong one. You can just be changing something that's completely different. Right. Um, like, something. So, why don't you tell them, like, the first sec, like, the different. La- oh, sorry. <laughs> <You're> good. <laughs> so, there's three layers of behavior change. Um, and it's, it's, think about an onion, right? So it says there are three layers of a behavior change, a change in your outcomes, a change in your processes, or a change in your identity. Uh, So the first layer is changing your outcomes. This level is concerned with changing your results, losing weight, publishing a book, winning a championship. Most of the goals you set are associated with this level of change. Hmm. Thoughts? Oh my God. It's well, accurate. Yeah, because what he's saying is, is, I mean, now let me ask you this. Do you think that he is saying that people focus on the long-term goal more than the short, you know, how to get there? I no, think, well, like he's saying, it's the outcome goal, right? Yeah. So that's what what's the outcome of you changing your habit? The outcome is either you losing weight, you doing the race, you, you know, getting the promotion and things like that. That's that's one of the, the driving factors of, of uh, changing your behavior. And he's saying that like, this is the outermost layer, which is the one that people tend to go to the most. Right. So they're focusing more on the outcome of the changed habit instead of the changing the habit themselves. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So like he's saying that this is, it's easier because it's, it's, this is the most common, which is why it's on the outside because it's the easiest to see. It's Mm -hmm. the easiest to grasp. 
Yeah, like if you're if you're bodybuilding, you're like you know the outcome is get insanely swole. Yeah, yeah. But nobody sees the system or what you have to do or how long it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. They just see the outcome. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I want to be a musician. Uh, let me be a top musician like Post Malone or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's just something insane. Okay. Um, so the second layer is changing your process. This level is concerned with changing your habits and systems, implementing a new routine at the gym, decluttering your desk for better workflow, developing a a meditation practice. Most of the habits you build are associated with this level. So that's the second one. The third one is the deepest layer is changing your identity. This layer is concerned with changing your beliefs, your your worldview, your self-image, your judgment about yourself and others. Most of the beliefs assumptions and biases you hold are associated with this level and then it says outcomes are about what you get processes are about what you do so that's that's pretty that's pretty yeah because i mean because what i was going to say is i mean we're in this i mean he's going to get to that point where he starts talking about you have to change you before you change your habit well, yeah, he's, I mean, like Brandon said, he, at the very bottom, he says focusing on identity, who you are as a person, how you view yourself systematically changes your outcome and your processes. Mm-hmm. So like Brandon was saying is at the beginning, he was saying that this is like an onion, right? There's, there's different layers to it. The centermost layer is the one that provides the most growth and the most outcome in regarding to changing your habits, because it's easy to be like, oh, well, I want that outcome. So it's like, oh, okay, well then I'll only focus on that outcome. And then the middle one, he's talking about the processes. Well, if I want, you know, this goal, then I'm going to switch up, you know, X, Y, and Z to get that outcome. And then the third one, he's talking about the identity. Right. So now let me ask you this, because when I was reading this, I'm like, I have never gone into like any sort of change in my life Mm -hmm. like that other than sobriety. Sure. But I mean, it really, I mean, it's kind of cool. It's, he's like saying like, um, if you want to quit smoking, consider yourself a non-smoker. Well, we haven't gotten Oh, there. sorry. <laughs> Do we keep reading? Because there's, there's a really good part on the second part. Uh, you go for it. It says, identity is about what you believe. When it comes to building habits that last, when it comes to building a system of 1% improvements, the problem is not that one level is better or worse than the other. All levels of change are useful in their own way. The problem is the direction of change. Many people begin the process of changing their habits by focusing on what they want to achieve. This leads us to the outcome-based habits, which so that's the, the outer layer, right? Mm-hmm. The alternative is to build an identity-based habit with the approach of starting by focusing on who we wish to become. So it's like mm-hmm. people say, you know, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Yeah. You know, establish an identity of somebody who's working hard and then you're going to, you're going to, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to be this person and I'm going to change my entire way of thinking, my entire identity as to that person. Yeah. Um, so you, you go in to out, not out to in. Exactly. Yeah. So you start, you start at your core and then your, your core being, your core identity alters and changes to the outcome you want. Yeah. Now that could be also good and bad, right? So you could, you can use that outcome to be negative or worse. You could be like, oh, well I'm, you know, I'm really bad at taking photos. So I'm always going to be a bad photo taker mm-hmm. or like I'm going to be, um, a weightlifter. And so if you, you establish that identity, you're going to start making things into that change in that direction. Yeah. And, and it, Oh, sorry. No, keep going. No, I was just going to say, because I like to read the little figures. Yeah, go for it. And the little figure at the bottom just says, with outcome-based habits, the focus is on what you want to achieve. Their identity-based habits is the focus is on who you wish to become. So it's almost like, well, with the outcome ones, you, you're, you're focusing on what you want to get instead of just like, 
focusing on who you want to become. I mean, that's pretty much exactly what I just said. And I just repeated it, but I mean, (laughs) it makes, it makes sense in my head. Sure. I mean, like when, um, before, okay. So here's a, here's an example. Cause like, I thought I was a very angry person. Mm -hmm. Sure. I thought I was insanely angry. I thought it was, that was your identity. Yeah. Yeah. My identity was like, dude, I'm insanely pissed off all the time or I'm just an upset person. But then once I started meditating, I was like, why? You know, Mm -hmm. I think it was more because of like all the regret I had and, uh, the things I've done, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and once I kind of went down to the core of it and I just accepted it, Mm -hmm. I I think at that point I changed everything. You changed your identity. Yeah. So you weren't Brandon, the angry person. You were Brandon who was upset at your past that is like where on go forgiving. Yeah. You know? And it was just, it just made everything so much simpler once I actually um, forgave myself. Sure. You know, it is really interesting as uh, two points right there because Brandon, I mean, we went from being like, Oh, Brandon's the angry one to not seeing you that way. You didn't see yourself that way. No. And neither did we. So well, what were you guys always saying it. I don't say that. Well, I said it. Yeah. All yeah. the time. Yeah. You said it too. I said I used to, no, and that no. since you changed, oh, yeah. now it's like no longer, you know, I don't like to perpetuate stereotypes. Mm. So I don't want it to be where, you know, Brandon's always angry, Robert's always mean. You know, to me, if you say it, then that's what, it's it's harder to get out of that um, that identity. Sure. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. And sometimes like, you know, like, oh, mom's the goofy one. Well, you know what? I can be goofy, but I can be serious, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, I just was, what the point I was making, Brandon, is since you changed your own identity, I've seen you differently. Yeah. No, I mean, it's true. Cause like you don't come off as what people perceive, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, like I'm pretty sure when I walk around, I don't look like the friendliest person, but at the same token, like I am a friendly person. Well, there's a difference between how people perceive you and who you are and how you identify as yourself. Yeah. So you can look upset, right? Or you can look angry, but like structurally as a person, you could be the complete opposite. You can be super sweet and nice. Yeah. It's those people categorizing you as a mean person. That's that's what they're perceiving. You can't change that. No, and, and I'm know? not saying that. But, but just... here's the thing, Brendan, is I think that when you were an angry person, you had that persona and you had that look yeah. because you really would walk around just and not glaring or glow, you know, anything. I, I personally, I think on the outside, it's that persona is chipping away oh, because you don't have that, that angry look on your face. No, I walk around with my head bobbing. Yeah. Like, like I've noticed that a lot. Like when I walk my head just, <laughs> you have a big head. I, I know it bobs. Yeah. Like I just sitting there and like my head just moves. Yeah. And then really quick, Robert did mention, you know how you were saying the example of like, Oh, I can't take a good picture mm-hmm. for years. We said, I mean, for like up until just like a couple of years ago, we would always laugh and say our family was cursed because we couldn't take a good picture. Yeah. We couldn't take a good picture because that's what we were telling that ourselves. Was our, that was our identity. That was our mm-hmm. identity. And then once we've started this journey and we've been forced to be in front of the camera mm-hmm. and we have just, you know, we changed our own identity mm-hmm. and now we're like, yeah, you know what? We can be in front of a camera. We can take good pictures. We can be on video. All of a sudden that curse is lifted and it's just the way, again, that we perceive ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool um, example. Yeah. Thank you, you know what's Mom. crazy? You know what I was thinking about right now? Mm-hmm. You know, we're always on camera. A lot of the time. Always. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm on camera I would like say about, six hours a day. I was going to say, yeah, about 12 hours a day. There's yeah. some sort of lens in front of us. That's just mm-hmm. crazy. I don't know. I just thought about that. It was just crazy. Uh, and then I highlighted these next two paragraphs. Well, only on the, the second first. page? Yes. On page 32? 32. Because um, I, only, I only highlighted the first sentence, but I like the entire paragraphs. That's fine. Yeah. So 
and this one kind of resonated with me. So it's imagine two people resisting mm-hmm. a cigarette. Uh, when offered a smoke, the first person says, no, thanks. I'm trying to quit. It sounds like a reasonable response, but this person still believes they're a smoker who is trying to be something else. They're hoping their behavior will change while carrying around the same beliefs. Uh, I'm just going to get over the second paragraph and then we'll talk about this one. The second person (laughs) declines by saying, no, thanks. I'm not a smoker. It's a small difference, but this statement signals a shift in identity. Smoking was part of their former life, not their current one. They lo- they no longer identify as someone who smokes. And the funny thing is, is that I would like I would I would be exactly that way. So like the first paragraph, I was that person. You were the one I'm trying to quit. Yeah, I'm the I'm the person when I was quitting, I was I'm the person like you know I'm trying to quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because it was just more like no, nah, dude, I'm good. I'm trying to quit. And then people would be like, oh, okay, for sure, good for you. Yeah. Instead of just like no, I'm not a smoker. Mm-hmm. And then it was just or yeah. no, I don't smoke. Yeah. yeah. It's just like no. No. Well, they say like anytime that you put the word try into a sentence, like, oh, I'm going to try to be there on time. You're already implying that you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Anytime that that word try is in there, trying it in your mind and your subconscious, you're already giving yourself the, the signal that chances are you ain't going to, it's not going to work. But that one really resonated in me in my sobriety because I've never, I personally never identify myself as somebody trying to quit. I'm just somebody who does not drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's understandable. That's always been my identity, and and to me, it's like you know, um, before sobriety, after sobriety, mm-hmm. and this is just me after sobriety. So yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think mm-hmm. after like a long enough, it's more like no, I don't drink. Like you know, I'm not a drinker. Yeah. I am not. Uh, yeah, I'm not a. I'm not. I'm not an addict. Yeah, no, it's it's more. That's just the past life. It's not who you are now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. Um, but you can identify as being an alcoholic, well, right? The, like yeah. that's, I mean, when I stopped drinking, I was like, no, I, 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 that's an interesting part because I never said I was trying to drink. I woke up one day and I was like, I'm not drinking. I mm-hmm. don't, I don't drink anymore. And mm-hmm. since then I, I haven't touched it, hmm. but it's like that it, once you kind of like identify it in yourself and you kind of like say it out in existence, you're like, okay, well this is it. And it's a lot easier to follow through with those habits when you kind of acknowledge that like, okay, this is, this is the me, this is the identity I'm going to assume. Mm-hmm. Now, can I ask you guys a, a question a little yeah. bit off topic? Because um, when I talk about my my alcoholism, I don't say I'm an alcoholic. I say I'm an addict because I felt like I had so many different things that were mm-hmm. um, also too attaching to me. Now, two-part question. When do you identify yourself as an alcoholic or do you even put a label on it at all? And does it bother you when I call myself an addict? No. Mm-mm. I refer to myself as an alcoholic because that's what I was. Mm-hmm. And to think that I, and to say that I wasn't, I think would be a, a, a lie to all my, all, I guess all my, my process of being sober. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I think, and I think people put like alcoholic, I think they kind of, I don't want to say like they make it seem like a, obviously it's a bad thing, but being an alcoholic is, it's fine as long as you're not drinking. Right. You can be a sober alc and, and, but still identify as an alcoholic. I mean, I, I like, my process is, is I could never touch alcohol again. That in just because I don't drink doesn't mean I'm not an alcoholic. It just means that I can't. I acknowledge in myself that I I don't trust myself enough to pick up the bottle again. Right, because the and one of the reasons I was wondering is because the sober app that I've been affiliated with, mm-hmm. they're like when you're telling your stories, just be really careful not to call yourself certain things. Sure. Because everybody has their own way of identifying with their own. That's fair. Issues. So mm-hmm. I was just kind of wondering, you know, um, a, you know, did you identify what you just basically identified you yourselves mm-hmm. as, and and then, you know, because when you 
when people call themselves an addict, everybody immediately goes like mm-hmm. hardcore. And I just wanted to make sure that that didn't bother you guys. No, no. I mean, it's accurate. I mean, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. You've had multiple addictions. That would mm-hmm. make you an addict. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's an accurate term. And I think the more you kind of talk about it, the more you kind of bring it into the public eye, I think the less it gets kind of like, I don't want to call it a dirty word, but the less it kind of like takes a stigma off of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause like you say, when you say addict, people immediately go to like the hardest kind of rock bottom kind of scenario. And I think if you're like, Oh yeah, I just, I just can't touch it. I'm an alcoholic. Like I, I, yeah. I just can't stop myself when I start. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't see the, I don't think making it a, a taboo word is what's going to help the, the process of growth. Yeah. No, I, I identified myself as an alcoholic and a drug addict. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I say I have an insanely, I mean, I don't really call myself an addict. I just more like, yeah, no, I was a drug addict and uh, an alcoholic. Yeah. And that's just how I put it. I yeah. mean, yeah. I didn't have really any other. Um, There's really no other, no other word that categorizes it. I really, yeah. And I don't want to say addict because at that point it's just like, well, I wasn't addicted to a lot of stuff, nor mm-hmm. did I hit uh, like heroin or meth. You sure. Know? I, I stayed away from that. Mm-hmm. That was like the two mm-hmm. things that I stayed away from and that I wanted to make sure I never touched. Um but other than that, you know, I, I don't really identify myself as. See, I think it's really interesting. And I think it's very cool that we all three have our own journeys and we all identify ourselves in three different ways, but there's no right way or no wrong way. And, and again, the only reason I asked is because like I said, you know, sometimes, um, like on the app, they're just like, you have to be really careful about Mm -hmm. what you call yourself because some people don't identify. So you know, do you, and I'm sorry, I didn't mm-hmm. mean to cut you off, but sure. do you think that they don't identify it like that because in some part of themselves, they're denying it? Well, I think it's hard for growth or I think it's hard for recovery. Oh, um, oh, I see. Uh, yeah. That, okay. That makes more sense. And also, it, and also too, sense. like people may not associate the word addict or alcoholic mm-hmm. or, or things like that in a, in a, in a, in a term that they're able to cope with yet. Yeah. That makes, okay. That, yeah. cause that, that makes it a lot simpler. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. do you think that, I mean, just for some reason they're just, not accepting the point in again there's nothing there's nothing wrong with being an addict but like in the beginning stages mm-hmm. it was kind of hard to be like well you know i'm, I'm not an addict or yeah. i don't have a problem oh, no it took me years to admit that i was an alcoholic even oh, yeah. after sober like i wasn't until about because i've been sober for i don't know how many years but forever it wasn't mm-hmm. until like year three or four that i was able to like be confident enough to be like oh yeah i'm an alcoholic yeah. you know Cause so i can so i can see why they're saying don't refer to the you know don't kind of throw those words out like willingly or, or, you know, commonly because it's, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because that's this like little exercise right here was just a really cool growing experience for me. And I know it's going to help me going forward because like I said, we all have our own, we all identify completely different Mm -hmm. and it's really cool. And I have to learn to be respectful of, you know, I, I'm not really because re- I respect anybody, but I just have to be mindful of when I'm saying words like yeah. addict or alcoholic or yeah. drug addict. I have to say it in a manner that I don't like people like Robert. If I looked at you, be like, yeah, I, and you're a great addict. You know, mm. I know you're a recovering addict. You'd be like, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm a recovering alcoholic. alcoholic. Yeah. You know, or if I looked at you and I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, you're just, you know, you're a recovering addict. You'd be like, no, I'm not, you know. So it was like a really yeah. cool experience for me. Yeah. People people categorize themselves differently. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because yeah. I was like, no, do I mean I already got over it? I mean I'm just an I was I was a drug addict. Well, I mean no, no, no. I'm just saying because I how mean, you, you labeled yourself. How you, you labeled, labeled yourself as an alcoholic and a drug dealer. Yeah. Mom labeled you as an alcohol as Not, an addict. Yeah. 
And so like people may not associate with that word, although they have their own different like meaning of, 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 mm. of and also too, mm-hmm. uh, looking at it in a growing way, I could be like, you know, I refer myself, um, as an addict and then all of a sudden maybe I'll lose credibility. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll be like, Oh, well, she had like bigger problems than I did. So her story doesn't rely to me. Yeah, it doesn't resonate. See where I'm saying? Yeah. But the thing like in the thing that I think about is that, you know, all because, you know, you're an addict Everybody that's an addict or a recovering addict or anything like mm-hmm. that, everything, everybody has something similar in themselves mm-hmm. to even be in that path, you know? So it's not like, you know, this person had a harder time than I had it, mm-hmm. so it won't resonate. But it's like, no, if you really break it down, you know, you can find things in what you're doing to what they're doing, even if it isn't as intense. And it's still going to, you know, still going to go down the, the, the same winding road. Right. Yeah. You know, and the, the fixing to that one is when I'm telling a story will be like, you know what? I used to drink, gamble, smoke. Um, I had no self-esteem and I refer to myself as an addict. Sure. And so long as you like you put that out there, they won't be um, like put off when they hear it because they'll understand that that's just how I identify with myself. That's fair. So, so and anyway, I'm sorry to get off topic. No, okay. I was just, it was just a really cool question. Yeah. So I'm just going to go, um, there's one, that paragraph below it too, if you don't mind reading as well, the behind every system, uh, above that. Yeah, no, that, that's the one I was going to, yeah, oh, okay. that's the one I was going to read. Um, so most people don't even consider identity change when they set out to improve. They just think I want to be skinny outcome. And if I stick to this diet, then I will be skinny process. They set goals and determine the actions they should take to achieve those goals without considering the beliefs that drive their actions. They never shift the way they look at themselves and they don't realize that their old identity can sabotage their new plans for change, which is a hundred percent true yeah. because your old identity can be like, no, you know, like, let's just, let's go out. Let's, yeah, you know, exactly. let, let's have some mm-hmm. fun. You yeah. know, this is boring. I actually thought that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was like, fuck dude, sobriety is boring as shit. Yeah. But once I got past a certain threshold, I was like, this is nice. Well, that's your old identity, right? Yeah. Your old identity as an addict or as a you know drug user or a drinker, you were like, well, I want to do something. You know, I need that stimulus. You yeah. Know? Like if I'm not partying or if I'm not doing something stupid, then this is boring mm-hmm. as fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which nine times out of 10, I was doing something stupid yeah, that's every fair. single time. But uh, are you, do you, I mean, to me, it's like once you break through that, it's the most incredible it's like like watching one of those science fiction movies where they like go through the waterfall and they come out through the other side and there's like this really cool utopia Mm -hmm. to me that's what getting through that that addiction barrier is Mm -hmm. when you get into that other little realm oh 100 percent um so i'm going to go page 33 what about the if you don't mind touching on the very very bottom this is behavior that is incongruent yeah, yeah so behavior that is incongruent with the self will not last You may want more money, but if your identity is someone who consumes rather than creates, then you'll continue to be pulled towards spending rather than earning. You may want better health, but if you continue to prioritize comfort over accomplishment, you'll be drawn to relaxing rather than training. It's hard to change your habits if you have never changed the underlying beliefs that that led to your past behavior. You have a new goal and a new plan, but you haven't changed who you are. There you go. That's, that's, I highlighted that. I like that one. I didn't highlight that one. Yeah, because I see, and and I know I kind of jumped ahead before, but I never really, I never, I I won't say never really, I never looked at changing habits, starting by changing myself. Mm -hmm. I never once even remotely even thought that process. Well, it's it's really cool. It's it's the hardest one to find, I think, because it's easy to, like, like he's saying, it's like the onion. It's easy to see the outcome goal 
and change like you're like to go after that but it's 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 much harder to like structurally change your foundation as a person your identity mm-hmm. yeah um so i'm gonna go with the bottom of page 33 mm-hmm. uh, the more pride you have in particular well, as can, can you read the paragraph if i really yeah, the paragraph above is pretty good oh okay. sorry it looks like you guys highlighting is different than mine but whatever dude. <laughs> uh, put all the bricks together it'd yeah. be all yellow the ultimate form of intrinsic motivation is when a habit becomes part of your identity it's one thing to say i'm the type of person who wants this it's something very different to say i'm the type of person who is this mm-hmm that's actually really, it's powerful. Yeah. yeah. It's powerful. Um, and then the paragraph below that is, the more pride you have in a particular aspect of your identity, the more motivated you will be to maintain the habits associated with it. If you're proud of how your hair looks, you'll develop all sorts of habits to care for and maintain it. If you're proud of the size of your biceps, you'll make sure you never skip an upper, uh, upper body workout. If you're proud of the scars you knit, scarves. Yep. If you're proud of the <laughs> scars like you knitting. knit, You'll be more likely to spend hours knitting each week. Once your pride gets involved, you'll fight tooth and nail to maintain your habits. Um, That's actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the paragraph below that one is true behavior change is identity change. You might start a habit because of motivation, but the only reason you'll stick with one is that it becomes the part of your identity. Anyone can convince themselves to visit the gym or eat healthy once or twice. But if you don't shift the belief behind the behavior, then it is hard to stick with long-term changes. Improvements are only temporary until they become a part of who you are, which is 100% true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to read you a little throw, three bullet points, and then we'll, we'll talk about and it. Yeah, because I have a little yeah. point I want to so say. So there's three little bullet points, and it goes, the goal is not to read a book. The goal is to become a reader. The goal is not to run a marathon. The goal is to become a runner. The goal is not to learn an instrument. The goal is to become a musician. Yeah. So I like that. See, because this was really powerful for me today because I was talking to Robert earlier and I'm really kind of struggling with my identity mm-hmm. because I went from being an escrow officer for years and years and years where my office was my domain and I was, you know, I was a captain of my ship. Mm-hmm. And now I've been kind of, you know, even though I'm incredibly happy and I'm glad I did it, I've been kind of a little floundering with my identity. Mm -hmm. And it also, too, led me back to the first chapter of where he indicated on there, like, people say, like, well, if I do this, then I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. Or if I do this, then I'll be happy. So after our conversation, Robert, and then after reading this chapter, I realized that I was kind of floundering around because I wasn't telling myself the type of person that I was. It was really easy for me to, um, I can get emotional, but I'm not going to, but it was really easy for me to drop into the role of the escrow officer because that was like my persona. That was your identity. It was my identity. That was what you were known for and you you were good at it. mm -hmm. And so it became like the self-fulfilling prophecy where like, this is my world kind of thing. Yes. And it's almost like that, that scene of the Wizard of Oz where they get to the, to the wizard and then they pull the curtain back and there he is. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like that kind of vulnerable the last 10 days. That's fair. So I know I've been a little difficult to be around and Mm -hmm. I do apologize for that, but I didn't really know how to verbalize it. And I didn't really know what was going on until we had our our conversation and we read this. So I decided today that because we always go and we always get pizza and then have dinner beforehand that while I was driving from the post office to the pizza place that I'm, I'm going to start telling myself who I am. Sure. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to start telling myself that 
I mean, I say I'm happy, but I'm going to, I'm going to be that happy person. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to tell myself I don't need to hide behind a facade of an escrow officer. I can be Lonnie Pike, the social media influencer. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's, it, it's kind of hard to wrap my head around it. And I struggle with that, but I really feel like it's kind of meshing all together. Sure. Yeah. So I just wanted to, to let you know that and to let you know that. So, Yeah. Mm. Did you guys highlight anything else on page 34? Nothing on 34. Okay. So then for page 35, uh, it says, like all aspects of habit formation, this too is a double-edged sword. When working for you, identity change can be a powerful force of self-improvement. When working against you, though, identity changes can be a curse. Once you have adopted an identity, it can be easy to let your um, allegiance let your allegiance to it impact your ability to change. Yeah. Yeah. Once you have adopted an identity, it can be easy to let your allegiance to it impact your ability to change. Many people walk through life in a cognitive slumber, blindly following the norms attached to their identity. I'm terrible with directions. And I'm looking at both of you fucking people. You guys suck at directions. Uh No, we get there. We just don't get there in the form and the fashion the way you get there. And I don't really think you know where you're going. You just drive so slow. You end up there anyway. I get get there. Because it gives gives six bullet points. And that was one of them. I'm terrible with directions. Mm -hmm. I'm not a morning person. Mm -hmm. I'm bad at remembering people's names. I'm always late. I'm not good with technology. I'm horrible at math. And I'm... I say about four of those things. Well, it's easy, yeah. right? It's an easy, it's an easy out because you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not good at that. Like, it's fine. And it's like, it feeds the, it kind of feeds the, the, the bad habit. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's the kicker though. If you find yourself saying these things and you want to turn around and um, say them differently, you have to remember to not say try. So let's just say, for example, you say I'm horrible at math. Don't say, well, I'm going to try to learn math. That's, again, implying that you're not going to make it. You would say, I am going to learn math. Or I'm I'm learning math. Or I am learning math. Or I will get better at math. So you have to make sure that you put those formulas together in the right right way. Mm -hmm. And then um, a chapter down from that, it says, the more deeply a thought or action is tied to your identity, the more difficult is the change. It can feel comfortable to believe what your culture believes, uh, group identity, or to do what upholds your self-image, personal identity, even if it's wrong. The biggest barrier to positive change at any level, individual, team, society, is identity conflict. Good habits can make rational sense, but if they conflict with your identity, you will fail to put them into action. Hmm. Interesting. So, example of that? I'm looking at you, Robert. Which is another example. Well, he's talking about cultural things, right? Or just in general. It, it's just, it, I mean, well, it's like, again, like another thing you can, you can do the photograph thing. Like I, I'm not a very, I don't, I don't photograph well, yeah. or like I don't take good photographs. And it's not so much that it's, it's how you identify yourself as a person. So if you identify as somebody who's just naturally bad at photographs, of course you're going to find a bad photograph. It's kind of like, so I was I, oh, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. No, it's okay. Continue. No, no. No, I'm done. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say to me, it, it was more like, you know, a good habit can make sense. But if it conflicts with your identity, you fail to put it into action. I mean, would that be something like, um, you know, cultural, like, you know, your culture eats a certain food and but. No, no, it'd be like if you were overweight and um, you wanted to lose weight, you have that that 
cultural identity, but like, oh, well, my family, you know, my, my parents weren't, were overweight too. I guess I'm just oh, going to be overweight. Okay. And then even if you do it with the group identity, it's like, yeah. oh, well, you know, if I don't go out and drink, you know, but all my friends drink, yeah. okay. you know, it's like, I kind of want to be a part of that group because we're friends. Exactly. Okay. I get it now. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And then, uh, page 36 on any given day, you may struggle with your habits because you're too busy or too tired or too overwhelmed or hundreds of other reasons over the long run. However, the real reason you fail to stick with habits is that your self-image gets in the way. This is why you can't get too attached to one version of your identity. Progress requires unlearning. Becoming the best version of yourself requires you continuously edit your beliefs and to upgrade and expand your identity. This brings us to an important question. If your beliefs and worldview play such an important role in your behavior, where do they come from from the first place? How exactly is your identity formed? And how can you emphasize new aspects of your identity that serve you and gradually erase the pieces that hinder you? That is a good point. Right. I actually like the one sentence where he says progress requires unlearning because a lot of times people think as change as they failed at something because they're mm-hmm. having to do something different. Whereas in reality, it just means that you're growing. Yeah. And failure is the greatest teacher, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, I mean, if you fail at something, it's not so much that you're a failure. You just, you just have to unlearn the process of what you're doing and try it a different way. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, like a dead end. It's more of just like, okay, where can I go from yeah, here? We're like, okay, this doesn't work. Let's try a different aspect. Yeah. You know, kind of yeah thing. because Brandon, you were even mentioning how, like when we would get home, like when you would get home from work, Oops. you would go to sleep. I mean, no. That was, I mean, I don't know why I'm mentioning. <laughs> I don't know why either. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything. Oh, because it says right here, like, but I mean, it says because sometimes like your habits, because you could say you're too tired. But um, that's just not a habit. That's just. Okay. Never mind. Stress or depression. That's a topic for another chapter. Yeah. It was like that really has, I, I didn't highlight anything else on this page. Uh, yes. And neither did I. Oh, okay. Huh? Neither did I. Okay. So then that's just okay. it for. Oh, uh, for on page. 36 to 37. I didn't okay. highlight anything. On 37, I did highlight, it says each experience in life modifies your self-image. So I think that that was pretty cool. Um, just because, I mean, every experience that we have changes us, whether for the good or for the bad. Don't you agree? Yeah. Well, I mean, he kind of goes in a little bit more detail, but yeah, no, it, it, I mean, every experience we encounter, uh, I think opens up new opportunities. Yeah. If it's like detrimental or, um, something amazing well, happened. You have, you have to try things in order to like, to like them. Right. So you right. could, you could try things and be like, Oh, this isn't for me where you can try things and be like, Oh, hang on. I think I, I think I'm good at this. I think I enjoy this. And then it, gra- the, the small opening, that small experience can lead to, you know, habits forming. Right. Even if it's something in like the past though, like let's just say, um, well, let's just, okay. For example, let's just say, you know, I crashed on my motorcycle sure. you know, at that point. It would be an experience. Is it a good experience or is it a bad experience? Well, I can teach you. It depends on the context of you crashing. Um, somebody cut me off because it always happens. Well, you didn't crash though. At that point I hit someone. Okay. Well, let's just not use yeah. that yeah, one. Yeah. What a terrible example. <laughs> cause I was just thinking, cause I mean, it's a good and bad experience, you know, good. How is it? How would you crash and be a good experience? Well, what did I do wrong? What you if somebody, what if you're at a red light and somebody just hits you? What did they do wrong? <laughs> At that, yeah, so yeah, bad yeah, example. Okay. Bad so, example. Okay. I thought it was good. It was, sounded a lot better in my head. <laughs> yeah. What if okay. somebody walks up and shoots me? I learned a lot. Yeah. So what I do, <laughs> what I want to read next is... Whatever. On then at the bottom of the page, it says, we do not change by snapping 
our fingers and deciding to be someone entirely new. We change bit by bit, day by day, habit by habit. We are continually undergoing micro evolutions of self. And I think that's really cool because a lot of times, and that goes back to like instant gratification. You know, a lot of times people want to change really fast. And a lot of times on the lives, I'll have people being like, you know, when did you get to be so confident? And I'll be like, well, I'm still on that journey, you know? Yeah. I'm still I'm still evolving today. I mean, I'm a different I'm a different social media influencer today than I was two years ago. Sure. So I think it's really cool to know that people's journeys don't get to a certain plateau and then stay there. We're constant. Everybody is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go one paragraph below that. You're on what page? 38. Okay. So it says every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. This is one reason why meaningful change does not require radical change. Small habits can make a meaningful difference by providing evidence of a new identity. And if a change is meaningful, it actually is big. That's the paradox of making small improvements. Putting this all together, you can see the habits are on the path to changing your identity. The most practical way to change who you are is to change what you do. Each time you write a page, you're a writer. Each time you practice the violin, you're a musician. Each time you start a workout, you're an athlete. And each time you encourage your employees, you're a leader. That's, I mean, because it, it's just more of, it's more of, you know, you're, you're telling yourself this. And instead of just like, oh, you know, I, I read this, so I'm not this. It's more of like, you know, I'm telling yeah. myself that I am this because I am doing it. Well, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. right? You, if you're like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm this identity, I'm this person, then you're going to start believing yourself more. So if you, if you're, you know, if you're writing a page, if you're writing a book and you're just like, oh, well, you know, I, I write, you know, I'm not very good at it. Then you're going to, you're going to believe yourself. But if yeah. you're like, oh, I write a page. Yeah. I'm a writer. You know, I'm writing a screenplay. You're going to believe yourself. Whatever you tell yourself is, is the truth. Yeah. Depending on what you tell yourself is the right or wrong way. Yeah. And the funny thing about this is that, you know, cause I just started PC a couple of, like about a month ago and I'm not really good on it, but I kept always telling myself that I, I'm not good at PC. Sure. Yeah. But after reading this, I was like, you know what? I am good at mm-hmm. it. You know, it's just, it's, you know, I am a PC player. You know, mm-hmm. like this is just something that I am instead of speaking any negative, like negative words sure. to make it worse. And then I start making myself feel worse in a sense mm-hmm. because it's just like, it's just bringing myself down. Well, it's small steps to, to progressive growth, right? Yeah. I mean, he mentions that on the next page. Yeah. But as a family, I mean, as a family, I've seen a lot of personal growth in all of us because I mean, and I hope everybody out there who's listening, I hope you know that we're going on a journey as you're going on a journey. You know, it's not like we're, do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not like we're all like, Hey, you know what? We've already done all this. And we're literally We're not at the finish line. We're not at the fin- no. we're by no means near the finish line. And it's been really cool and it's been really inspirational and an honor for me as a mom to be on this journey with you because again, I've seen a lot of personal growth amongst all of us. I mean, just by the simple way how we're even like referring to ourselves and our journeys we never would have done this a year ago. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, like who wants to just stop learning or stop progressing or stop changing something? You know, well, I think it's easy to, I think it's the, I think it's out of the two options. I think it's the easier to not try. We all were like that. You, I mean, truthfully, we were all stuck in a rut of, um, 
not a, a kind of in a rut where I I think where I can't speak for either one of you, but I was in a rut where it was like everybody else is going everybody else is going to be happy but me, but I'm okay, you know. It's just the card I was given. And I never allowed myself to be happy because I kept on telling myself that wasn't my that wasn't my destiny. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm I'm telling myself something different, it's actually it's been it's been cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So page thirty nine second paragraph. So it goes New identities require new evidence. If you keep casting the same votes you always cast, you're gonna get the same results you've always had. If nothing changes, nothing is going to change. It is a simple two-step process. Decide the person or decide the type of person you want to be and prove it to yourself with small wins. Like you were saying, Robert. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just small wins. You know, it's like, you know, you, you can't even like on page 38, you know, mm-hmm. where I said small habits can make a meaningful difference by providing evidence of a new identity. You know, everything starts by small habits, by yeah. small increments. You know, you can't just leap and jump boundaries and be like, oh, this is who I am. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's an African saying, right? How do you eat an elephant? Just one bite at a time. Yeah. And even just like, like just a couple minutes ago, Brandon, where you're all like, I used to tell myself this and now you're not going to tell yourself that about like the PC anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just... I think you just changed a habit. I did. Yeah. It's, and even if it's not like in a, in a like, um, well, the, the habit is how I speak to myself, you mm-hmm. know, like what kind of motivation am I giving myself? You got to think about it. Like, you know, we are in our heads most of the time, like yeah. not just We're us, in our but heads 100% general of, of everybody. And, and like, I want to say a lot of people in the world, mm-hmm. all they are is just in their heads. It's like, well, if you're in your head, how do you speak to yourself? You know, do yeah. you speak to yourself negatively? Do you do you put yourself down? Do you not motivate yourself? You know, I mean, people look for motivation outwards, but the first thing that starts is motivation inward. Yeah. You know, we have to have the drive. I mm. actually just did a YouTube on that um, this week, how and it, it talked. Yeah, and it talked about your inner monologue and about because what the way I put it is, uh, you know, you have to stop and listen to your inner monologue because. When I finally did, I didn't realize what a bitch I was. And I was saying some really horrific things to myself. Mm -hmm. So I put it as if whatever you're telling yourself, think about it this way. If some stranger walked up to you off the street and said those things to you, what would you do? You would be, you would be like, don't talk to me like that. You know, you might punch them. You know, you wouldn't allow somebody to talk to you that way. So you cannot allow yourself to talk to yourself that way. Yeah. And like in the book that I also recommended was the untethered soul. I'd it, like to do that one next. He, he, um, he touches on that. He's yeah. like, imagine, mm-hmm. imagine the inner monologue as a friend, you know, would mm-hmm. you let your friend speak to you that way? And you're like, fuck no, you know, I don't want to let yeah. some random person talk to me the way I talk to myself. Um, so on page 40, I highlighted the second, no, the first paragraph. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I could just read the entire paragraph. Yeah, go for it. So once you handle, uh, once you have a handle on the type of person you want to be, you can begin taking small steps to reinforce your de- uh, desired identity. I have a friend who lost over 100 pounds by use. Uh, sorry about that, something fell in my hand. By asking herself, what would a healthy person do? All day long, she would use the question as a guide. Would a healthy person walk or take a cab? Would a healthy person order a burrito or a salad? She figured if uh, she acted like a healthy person long enough, eventually she would become that person. She was right. The concept of identity-based habits is our first introduction to another key theme in this book, feedback loops. Your habits shape your identity and your identity shape your habits. It's a two-way street. 
The formation of all habits is a feedback loop, a concept we will explore in depth in the next chapter. But it's important to let your values, principles, and identity drive the loop rather than your results. The focus should always be on becoming that type of person, not getting a particular outcome. Yeah. Which is a hundred percent truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like, say if like you failed at something, you're like, oh well, you know, I can't do this anymore. I failed. Blah blah blah. Yeah. blah. Instead of just like, dude, we tried. Let's continuously try. Yeah. And and yeah. at that point, you you're you're giving yourself another stairway to climb up of instead of building a wall. Well, that too. You're like, would a would a successful student quit? You know, or like, no. would a successful student not study or things like that? There's there's different ways in which you can like rewire your your way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Very similar to like how his friend did. By saying, you know, would a healthy person do this? Would a healthy person do that? You're basically giving yourself that option. And if you want to meet that goal, if you want to meet that outcome, then you you have to make conscious, small, systematical habits changes to the, to the right process. Uh-huh. So I think, and here's what I think. I think we should all start referring to ourselves as to what we would like. For example, I'm going to start telling myself, I am a social media influencer you need to start telling yourself, I am a streamer, mm-hmm. you know, start telling yourself, Robert, I am a YouTuber. We need to start actually, pro- we need to start projecting out who we want in order for that to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. do you agree? Yeah, I do. Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Yeah, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? It's the, yes. it's exactly what he's saying. He's saying systematically you have to change the identity of who you want to become, whether it be good or bad. Right. And I think, and it was really cool because as you were reading that paragraph, Brendan, um, I think a part of my, um, my last week, I've been like a little overwhelmed with all the changes and I've been kind of like my little light's been a little, um, overcast and I, you were reading that paragraph and I'm all like, I am a social media influencer, yeah, that's the truth. you know, and I'm going to start being like, Hey, you know what, what would, what would, this person do or what would you know what would i do as a social you know what would i do it'd be like Mm -hmm. i'd work hard i would make posts i would go live so it's 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 actually working really well good and then um last page it's going to be ultimately your habits matter because they help you become the type of person you wish to be they are the channel through which you develop your deepest beliefs about yourself quite literally you become your habits and that's that's the chapter also, do you, do you want to, can you touch on the paragraph above it too? Uh, the building better ones? Yeah. Okay. So building better habits isn't about littering your day with life hacks. It's not about flossing one tooth each night or taking a cold shower each morning or wearing the same outfit each day. It's not about achieving external measures of success like earning more money, losing weight, or reducing stress. Habits can help you achieve all these things, but fundamentally, they're not about having something yeah, they're not about having something. Yeah. Let me. Uh, habits can help you achieve all these things, but fundamentally, they're not about having something. They're about becoming someone. Yes. Mm-hmm. So again, he's talking about you're changing your identity. Yeah. 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 Like I just said, you're a streamer. I'm an influencer. Robert's a YouTuber. Yeah. And then just chapter summary real quick. And then, so the chapter summary are, there are three levels of change. Outcome. Outcome change, process change, and identity change. Mm-hmm. The most effective way to change your habits is to focus on not on what you want to achieve, but on who you wish to become. Your identity emerges out of your habits. Every action is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Becoming the best version of yourself requires you to continuously edit your beliefs and to upgrade and expand your identity. The real reason habits matter is not because they, can't get, uh, they can get you better results, although they can do that, but because they can change your beliefs about yourself. 
Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, a, you know, truthfully, I, and I'm always saying this, I think that things manifest exactly when they're supposed to. And um, I read this exactly when I was supposed to today. Yeah. You know. You okay? Yeah. Sorry, I had a sneeze and you I got a tickle up, in my throat. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, or I would like to vote to continue to do our lives on Sundays. Sure. Um, and I think that um, maybe what we can do is we'll have lunch beforehand and maybe well, like can we do it Sunday night? Oh, yeah. Kay. I mean, are you available Sunday night? I mean, I guess we are now. <laughs> or you guys can do the live without me. It's all. It's all no, it's no, all. no. It doesn't, it doesn't Why, take Why is three it because people. you're going to be streaming? Yeah, because I'll be. I'll be oh, then the let's just game. do Monday then. If okay. you know, because if it's only through this weekend, let's just do the live on Monday. Well, okay. if we do Monday, we're going to have to do like the morning. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's perfectly fine with me. I've Robert. I thought for some reason I thought the thirty-six hours or whatever was going to be over on Sunday, but no. Let's just um, let's just do Monday morning, and um, we'll just do it then. Okay. That yeah. Works. Yeah. Because you need to be back in um, streaming by eleven, right? By one. By one. Yeah. Monday morning is fine because yeah. that will be the day that we actually release the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then it'd be good. Yeah, I like that. I really like this chapter. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. Yeah, thank you for um, for. You, you did guys. really well reading. You really did. Thanks. Oh my god. <laughs> and um, I just, I, truthfully, on this chapter, I felt like we all kind of like jumped in a little bit more and had more opinions. So I think as the book develops, we'll probably all have like a little bit more um, jumpy. Jumpy jumps. Jumpy yeah. jumpies. That's a good book we'll, so far. We'll do the jumpy jumps. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is um, on a, We're going to be airing this on a Monday. I, again, I love to hear any feedback. Um, you can find me on Instagram. That's the easiest place to message me. I am, um, gray hair and tattoos on Instagram and every other platform known to civilization. Mm-hmm. And don't die disco on Twitch and then gummy bear brandy on Instagram and then don't die disco on TikTok. And Robert is Robert, Robert Pike Pike on Instagram and Sherbert on TikTok and YouTube. And until next week, I appreciate you all immensely. And um, we will, Robert, is everything okay? Okay. (laughs) He looked up like there was like a grizzly bear standing behind me. It's all right, you guys. So we'll see you next week. I appreciate you all. Bye. Bye.